Hey, I'm Stephen Povetter, the lead minister at Central Church of Christ in Little Rock, Arkansas. Our goal as a church is to follow Jesus together. So we gather on Sunday mornings for Bible study at 9 a.m. and worship at 10:15 a.m. And you'd always be welcome to join us. To learn more, go to arcentralchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon. Good morning. Hope you're doing well. I want to start off today with a prayer for uh, some of our kids. We have a group that is at Uplift right now uh, with our youth ministry. So our, our characteristic group that I sometimes talk to over here on the left is gone. They're up at up at Searcy. And uh, so I want to say, just stop and pray for that group that's there uh, and for our youth that are uh, maybe in other places and doing camps and things like that uh, this summer. And let's just, let's just have a moment where we pray for them uh, uh, as we start today. Let's pray together. Holy God, we recognize that uh, the moments of our youth can have consequences that reach into um, the rest of our lives. And so we pray for, specifically for our teens today, uh, especially for those that are at Uplift, but all of our teens, that they would be receiving all of the seeds of wisdom and the seeds of faith and the seeds of grace and the seeds of love and the seeds of hope and all the things that are being sown into their lives that are good. We pray that they will receive those things and that they will allow them to be nurtured and cultivated. Father, we pray that they will uh, reject the seeds, the shoots of foolishness and of despair and the things that cause pain and suffering in their lives, the little growths of sin and the things that become uh, corrupt. We pray that those things would be torn out and that they would become flourishing gardens of grace. Father, we pray for the hearts of all of our, our young people, that in this, these moments of their lives, they would be able to receive the things that will lead them towards you. And Father, we pray that uh, all of the different people that are helping them, the mentors and their, our youth interns and our youth ministers and the people that are that are sponsoring them and, and working with them. Father, we pray that that would be a community of wisdom. Father, we pray for our mothers and our fathers in this community, that as they try to create and grow these things in their children, that they would be supported by the community of the church. And Father, we pray that through all of that, uh, what grows here in this place and in this community of young people, would be for your honor and your glory, both now and until the end of the age. In Jesus we pray. Amen. It is a special day on a lot of accounts today. It is uh, a day that uh, we celebrate Father's Day. And uh, I, my kids are out of town, but I did get some texts this morning, and that made me feel uh, really good. Um, I got texts from both of my teenage children within moments apart, which means what? Their mother told them to do that. Yes, that's right. Uh, but it still made me feel good. So 
Uh, make sure and reach out if you haven't had a chance to speak with your father. Make sure and have a, a moment to do that uh, sometime today. It is also a weekend uh, where we celebrate in our country, and this has been a rising uh, awareness, especially for um, uh, we white folk. Uh, we celebrate Juneteenth this weekend, and uh, the freedom from slavery that was hard fought and long resisted uh, in our country uh, that uh, is now something that we can look back on into the past and if we dare look at it uh, straight in the eye, we can have lots of learning and understanding about it. But it's also something that continues to ripple through our country. Uh, so we want to be a community here at Central that acknowledges that, and also a community here that looks towards what, what we can make in the future, a beloved and beautiful community um, and I really appreciate the diversity of our family here at Central. I know it's one of the most important things to our family. Uh, and I know that I've heard many of you say that too. And I hope that that diversity becomes for a, us a, a, a source of great wisdom. I hope it becomes for us a way that we can understand and grow and become more God-honoring people in our lives. So one of the things that we say about wisdom, and we're, gonna, uh, we're talking about Proverbs again today, but one of the things that we've talked about in our, our classes uh, is that wisdom has to do with experience and the way that we reflect on the experiences that we've had. But good, true, rich wisdom doesn't just come from your own experiences, right? Can you learn from other people's experiences? I mean, do you have to touch the stove yourself? When we live in a community of diverse experiences, we have a richer pool of wisdom to draw from. Right? If we only surround ourselves with people that have our experiences, and that can feel good, that can feel comforting, it can feel confirming to us, but it narrows the abil our ability to gain wisdom. When we are part of a diverse community, we have the opportunity to learn from those diverse experiences, right? And that's one of the rich opportunities that comes from being a part of the people of God is we're not just limited to learning from our experiences, but we have the capacity and the opportunity to learn from a rich pool of experiences. So if you're in a place sometimes where you sit at the table and you think you are the odd duck out and you're the only one that has the kind of experiences that you have, I want you to know it's important for you to speak up. Now, it's important for the rest of us to make sure and listen. But it's important to speak up because your voice in this community matters. And you may be the only one that has the certain kind of experience that offers the rest of us life-saving wisdom. So please, be generous and share it. I know that is a great gift to ask, and I know that comes with risk 
when to share your experience when your experience is different than somebody else. Okay. But let's be a community that honors that, that speaks to it. And that we all grow in wisdom because we receive that from each other. Proverbs 1, 7 says fools, or it says uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of knowledge. We've talked about that part a few weeks ago, but it says fools despise wisdom and instruction. And while it may be a little bit more pleasant to only talk about the first part of that, the beginning of knowledge and how hopeful that is, Proverbs does not shy away from talking about that last part, about what foolishness looks like and the way that fools behave. Today, I hope you'll indulge me a little bit to spend some time thinking about what foolishness looks like, what it looks like in real life. Proverbs often place both of these things together, like Proverbs 10.1, which is your Father's Day uh, verse today. It's a wise child makes for a glad father, but a foolish child is a mother's grief. Now, I want you to know, that doesn't just mean that the dads get to be in charge of the good kids. The way that Hebrew poetry works, it holds two things together, right? And it's trying to show us that for as parents, what we hope for so much is for our children to own wisdom, for them to come to understand what it means to be wise people in the world. And indeed, it grieves both mothers and fathers when we see our kids taking on and making foolish choices. I want to start today by giving you a little bit of a spiel for how wisdom works. Wisdom perceives the connection between the present and the future. This is sort of a working definition about what wisdom is and what it does. Wisdom understands in the present moment what, how the way it acts and the way it behaves, what it's going to lead to in the future. Okay, so we can say, in this moment, this moment I have certain choices, in this present moment I have things that, uh, that I could do or I could not do, and it, then it looks into the future, and it sees multiple futures. And it says, well, if I do this, it'll likely lead to this kind of outcome. If I do this, it'll likely lead to this kind of outcome. If I do this, I don't want to do this because it'll lead to some kind of pain here in the future. That's what wisdom is, by the way. Okay, that's the, that is the core nature of wisdom. It has to do, wisdom's a time machine. It's the ability to see the future. It's the ability to say, that, to intuit in this moment, this is where this will go. So we know that people, when we think about like uh, different kinds of wisdom, financial wisdom is being able to manage your resources in the present so that in the future you have the kind of stuff that you need, right? Uh, wisdom of speech is being able to say the right kind of thing in this moment that will get you the kind of outcome from other people that you want in a future moment. Of course, all of these things have not just the wise side of them, but there are foolish qualities as well. By the way, before we leave this definition of how wisdom works, we need to add one more thing. Because wisdom is not just about the present and the future. It's not just about those dimensions of time. But wisdom has learned from the past. That's how wisdom knows what's going to happen in the future. That's how it understands the connection between the present and the future is because it has reflected on the things that have happened in the past. It has understood its path. It has kind of digested that. And it's allowed the past to teach it how the world works. 
And so in the moment, I say, well, you know what? The last 10 times I was faced with this kind of situation, I did this sort of things, and these are the kinds of results I got. So I bet if I do this in this moment, it'll come out in this way or the other. And it doesn't have to kind of, it doesn't have to necessarily make a list of all that. It's not as complicated of an algorithm as that, but it's developing an intuition for it. It's digested, it's internalized the way all this stuff works. And so it can kind of simply make that decision in the moment without even, doesn't have to go back and catalog all these 10 times. It kind of knows it, it's digested that, okay? This is how wisdom works. It's about time. Past, the present, and the future. A wise person has an integrated look of their life so they can understand how their self is moving through time, past, present, to future. Okay? I want to take that, and I want to move now, and I want to look at five different aspects of foolishness. They all kind of work to each other, so we're going to work through these pretty quickly. But I want to think about what is different than wisdom. What is it that foolishness looks like? In the world. The first and central one is this. Fools don't perceive consequences. They simply, in their obsessions, cannot make the connection between the way that they act in the present and what will result in the future. That's the essential nature of what foolishness is. Foolishness is a disconnect in time. It doesn't view what's happening now in terms of what's going to happen in the future. It has no sense of the future in that regard, or at least the connection between the present and the future. Foolishness doesn't understand consequences. And of course, it doesn't understand the consequences from the past that led to its present either, right? So it doesn't understand the connection between the present and the future, but neither does it really understand the, the connection between the past and the present. They don't understand how the present situation in which they find themselves is connected to the choices that they made sometime in the past. They don't see how it all plays out together. Fools don't perceive consequences because fools only see the moment. They only see what is right in front of them in that very moment. Fools don't see the consequences of breaking their marriage vows. They just see the moment of what some sort of temptation offers them. They don't perceive the consequences that will come from speaking the thing that rushes into their mouth. They just know that they feel like they have to say it right then. They don't understand the consequence of draining their bank accounts to get the shiny thing that they want that moment because they are only concerned about what happens that day. 
fools don't see consequences because they are completely dialed in to the now, to the exclusion of either the past or the future. They only see now. Now, foolishness takes lots of forms, and sometimes it is the long scale, okay, of what the, the shape of their life will be. But it also in small moments too. Foolishness thinks that eating the pizza, the entire half of the pizza, and then going to bed. I'm sorry, is this getting a little too personal right here? Okay, I'm sorry. I just woke up in the middle of the night. I'm a little, I, I don't know why. I don't know why I woke up at 2.30 in the morning with heartburn. Could have been anything, I guess. Fools just see what they want in the moment. They're driven by passion and desire. I mean that passion in the classic sense. They're driven by the passions are things not just like desire or lust, but also things like anger, right? They just let those things flow through them without being able to consider what will come. Fools only see the moment, and if they think about the future at all, fools think they are exceptions to the way things will work out. So they might be able to perceive that, sure, the odds are this bad thing will happen, but it won't happen to me. And they may have lots of reasons why they think they're the exception. They might have, you know, they might think, well, I've, I'm smart enough that I'll be able to avoid those consequences. Or I'm charming enough that I'll be able to avoid those consequences. Or I've got enough people in my life that'll bail me out if I need to, so I'll just get through it. Or they think, well, I know a good lawyer. I'm sure it'll work out. Fools think that they are the exceptions to the rules of cause and effect in our world. They think, well, sure, that might not happen, that might not be what would happen to most people. But somebody's gotta win the lottery. It'll probably be me. Bulls think that they will somehow just get lucky. That's the way that they perceive, by the way, not just the future, but it is also the way that they perceive the past. So in our connection between the past and the present, I say that wise people think about that in the word the ways of cause and effect. Bulls think about the connections between the future and the past as just being about luck. So all those times that they did something and then something bad happened to them, what do they say to themselves? They say, ah, oh, I just got unlucky. That was unlucky that that happened, right? It was unlucky that that happened that way. Or they think, well, if I go into the future, even though I'm doing these things that are probably might, they may not be the smartest idea, but I'll probably just get lucky and go into the future this way, right? That's the way. Fools look at the good things that have happened to other people in the past. They, when they reflect on the experiences of other people, they say, oh, 
they are so lucky. They're so, they're so lucky to have that job. They're so lucky to have that, those resources. They're, they're so lucky that they, their, their personality makes them easy to like. They're just so lucky to have those friends. That's the way they interpret other people. And that's the way they, they interpret themselves and their own past as well. Just chance. So they think, if they look into the future, they think that they, they, they don't perceive consequences. They only see the moment. And so in this moment, they bet the bank on luck, hoping that they'll be the exception to the way things normally work. That's the way foolishness works. And because of that, and I think this might be the most characteristic way of recognizing foolishness, fools never see it coming. They always, when they're, when they're confronted by different kinds of consequences in their lives, they end up just sitting down and shaking their head and they say, man, I can't believe that happened. If there are any wise people in their life looking on, the wise people hear them say that, and they say, of course that's what happened. Of course that's what happened. Wisdom to foolish people, okay? Foolish people look at wisdom as though it's a superpower. Man, that person seems to always just get lucky and to bet on the right thing. It's almost like they know the future. That's what wisdom looks like. It looks like, to people that don't have it, it looks like the ability to get lucky every time by just knowing the future somehow. And the fools look at things that happen to wise people and they say, man, believe that. So lucky. And, the, and the, the wise person's going, well, there may have been some chance involved, but I worked my tail off for this for years, right? But the fools, they never, ever, ever, ever see it coming. They never see the disaster that if they had possessed wisdom would have been entirely predictable. In fact, sometimes, oh, that was me or you, Mary, we good? We have an emergency. There's a giant here that is coming for us. You need to calmly evacuate. Is that me? So we got, I never saw that coming. All right, I'm going to turn mine off. Is that better? Okay. <laughs> so fools never see it coming. <laughs> Cue your time to move away from that, right? Beat that dead horse enough. And because fools never see it coming, they tend to wander into disaster. And because they never see it coming, they are always surprised by the disaster that overcomes them. And that's why we must say with Mr. T, 
We pity the fool. Because God bless it. They really are genuinely surprised by the disaster that overtakes them at every turn. And because of all this, fools repeat their mistakes. Because they attribute what happened to them as luck, and they never saw it coming, and they couldn't have predicted it in the first place, they don't learn from that experience. They don't see how what's happening to them in this moment is connected to the decisions that they made before. And so the next time it comes up, they make the same decision. They make the same decision again, hoping that they'll get lucky this time. This time things will turn out differently. And then they track through this cycle over and over and over again. They don't understand consequences. They only see the moment that they're in in that very space. They think that they're exceptions to the laws of cause and effect in the world, and this time they'll get lucky again. They don't see it coming, and they repeat the mistake over and over again because they don't reflect on that experience. This is what foolishness looks like in our world, right? And in our culture, in our pop culture, okay, we have the great benefit of having been given a very good example about what foolishness really looks like. And every time that roadrunner says, beep, beep, he never sees it coming. And he keeps chasing, and he thinks he's going to get lucky, and he keeps repeating the same mistake over and over and over again. He doesn't understand the natural order of cause and effect or gravity. He only sees a delicious roadrunner going by and he thinks I'm going to eat it and he gets blown up by dynamite again. Or anvil falls out. Of, I don't know where those anvils are coming from, but at some point he ought to learn, right? At some point he ought to learn. Instead, he keeps repeating his mistakes. And when he repeats his mistakes, he ends up repeating the consequences over and over and over again. This is what foolishness looks like. And it's the same sort of thing that Proverbs is trying to teach us about what foolishness looks like. Foolishness always follows this cycle. And when wisdom tries to break in and wisdom tries to correct that person and instruct that person, whether that's the wisdom of Scripture or the wisdom of the community of faith or just the, the wisdom at work in the world, the fool can't hear that. Proverbs 9.10 says, Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to advice. And over again, the, the, the thing that Proverbs says more often than anything else about foolishness is, is this kind of thing, right? That foolish, fool, foolish people guard their foolishness. They will defend it with their life because they love it. They love the opportunity to always chase the thing right in front of them. They love the freedom it gives them 
from responsibility for the consequences that they've had in the past. And a fool would rather repeat that consequence than take responsibility and own it. This is what foolishness looks like. So here's the catch. All of these things, I see you nodding along. You've been a great crowd this morning. I appreciate all the feedback. But you need to know that a fool would have had no problem saying amen to everything I've said this morning. Because fools only recognize foolishness in other people. So the real concept is not just, is this a good description of all the other people in our lives that are fools? The real challenge is to be able to hear all this and weigh it and say, where is foolishness alive in me? And the best thing that I know to tell you is that that is gained through honest, sincere, courageous self-reflection. It's gained in being a part of a community that will help you in those moments when you're in danger of acting foolishly. And that it is found to be, foolishness is best confronted in the space where you have the opportunity to listen to wisdom. If I was going to sum up the entire book of Proverbs, and Proverbs has so many different directions that it wants to teach us in life, but none of those directions, and it recognizes this, none of those directions about the, the way you, you, you take care of your mouth or the way that you work hard or the way that you take care of the relationships in your life or the way that you live uh, you know, at peace with other people or the way that you seek justice. The book of Proverbs recognizes that all those things that it has to teach you won't do you any good until you come to the fundamental desire to get wisdom, to chase it and to begin listening for it wherever it may be found in your life. Here at Central, we say we want to be a community that does what? I say it to you all the time. You can tell me. Come on, what are we? We're a community that follows Jesus together. But we don't just follow him with our fingers in our ears going, nah, 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 nah. We follow him open to the things that Jesus, the great voice of the wisdom of God, has to teach us along the way. A community that follows Jesus together, a community that listens to Jesus together, is a community of wisdom, not a community of fools. Let's pray together. Oh God, who gives wisdom generously. 
how tragic for us to ignore your wisdom. How foolish and tragic for us to double down on the way that we think is right when you are giving us a good path. Oh God, would you open our hearts, help us to open our ears so that we may receive the wisdom you offer. And may that lead to a flourishing in our lives and a, a life full of good fruit, both now and into eternity. In Jesus we pray. Amen.